Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 11, Section 2, Imperialism, Case Study, Nigeria, Setting the Stage. The Berlin Conference of 1884-1885 was a European conference, and, although black South Africans participated in it, the Boer War was largely a European war. Europeans argued and fought amongst themselves over the land of Africa. In carving up the continent, the European countries paid little or no attention to historical political divisions or to many ethnic and language groups in Africa. Uppermost in the minds of the Europeans was the ability to control Africa's land, its people, and its resources. A New Period of Imperialism The imperialism of the 18th and 19th centuries was conducted differently from the explorations of the 15th and 16th centuries. In the earlier period, Imperial powers often did not penetrate far into the conquered areas of Asia and Africa, nor did they always have a substantial influence on the lives of the people. During this new period of imperialism, the Europeans demanded more influence over the economic, political, and social lives of the people. They were determined to shape the economies of the land to benefit European economies. They also wanted the people to adopt European customs. Forms of Control each European nation had certain policies and goals for establishing colonies. To establish control of an area, Europeans used different techniques. Over time, four forms of colonial control emerged. Colony, protectorate, sphere of influence, and economic imperialism. These terms are defined and discussed in the chart on page 346. In practice, gaining control of an area might involve the use of several of these forms. Methods of Management European rulers also developed methods of day-to-day -day management of the colony. Two basic methods emerged. Britain and other nations, such as the United States and its Pacific island colonies, preferred indirect control. France and most other European nations welded more direct control. Later, when colonies gained independence, the management method was used, or method used, had an influence on the type of government chosen in the new nation. Indirect control. Indirect control relied on existing political rulers. In some areas, the British asked a local ruler to accept British authority to rule. These local officials handled much of the daily management of the colony. In addition, each colony had a legislative council that included colonial officials as well as local merchants and professionals nominated by the colonial governor. The assumption was that the councils would train local leaders in the British methods of government and that a time would come when the local population would govern itself. This had happened earlier in the British colonies of Australia and Canada. In the 1890s, the United States began to colonize. It chose the indirect method of control for the Philippines. Direct control. The French and other European powers preferred more direct control to their colonies. They viewed um, the Africans as unable to handle the complex business of running a country. Based on this attitude, the Europeans developed a policy called paternalism. Using that policy, Europeans governed people in a paternal or parental way by providing for their needs but not giving them rights. To accomplish this, the Europeans brought in their own bureaucrats and did not train local peoples in European methods of governing. The French also supported the policy of assimilation. That policy was based on the idea that in time, the local populations would adopt French culture and become like the French. To aid in the transition, 
all local schools, courts, and businesses were patterned after French institutions. In practice, the French abandoned the ideal of assimilation for all but a few places and settled for a policy of association, which was similar to indirect control. They recognized African institutions and cultures, but regarded them as inferior to French culture. Case Study Nigeria, a British Colony a close look at Britain's rule of Nigeria illustrates the forms of imperialism used by European powers to gain control of an area. It also shows management methods used to continue the control of the economic and political life of the area. Gaining Control Britain gained control of southern Nigeria through both diplomatic and military means. Some local rulers agreed to sign treaties of protection with Britain and accepted British residents. However, Others opposed foreign intervention and rebelled against it. The British used force to put down those, uh, to put down and defeat these rebellions. British conquest of northern Nigeria was accomplished by the Royal Niger Company. The company gained control of the palm oil trade along the Niger River after the Berlin Conference gave Britain a protectorate over the Niger River Delta. In 1914, the British claimed the entire area of Nigeria as a colony. Managing the Colony in this new age of imperialism, it was necessary not only to claim a territory, but also govern the people living there. However, managing Nigeria would not prove to be easy. It was one of the most culturally diverse areas in Africa. About 250 different ethnic groups lived there. The three largest groups were the House of Fulani in the north, the Yoruba in the southwest, and the Igbo in the southeast. These groups were different from one another in many ways, including language, culture, and religion. The House of Fulani people were Muslim and had a strong central government. The Igbo and Yoruba peoples followed traditional religion and relied on local chiefs for control. Britain did not have enough troops to govern such a complex area. As a result, the British turned to indirect rule of the land. Ruling indirectly through local officials worked well with the House of Fulani. However, this management method did not work well with the Igbo and Yoruba peoples. Their local chiefs resented having their power limited by the British. African Resistance As in Nigeria, Africans across the continent resisted European attempts to colonize their lands. However, the contest between African states and European powers was never equal because of the Europeans' superior arms. Africans resisted the Europeans with whatever force they could raise and often surprised Europeans with their military ability. With a single exception of Ethiopia, though, all these attempts at resistance ultimately failed. Edward Morell, a British journalist who lived for a time in the Congo, made an observation about Africans' dilemma. Quote, Nor is violent physical opposition to abuse and injustice henceforth possible for the African in any part of Africa. His chances of effective resistance have been steadily dwindling, with the increasing perfectibility in the killing power of modern armaments. Thus, the African is really helpless against the material gods of the white man, as embodied in the trinity of imperialism, capitalistic exploitation, and militarism. End quote. Edward Morrill. Unsuccessful movements. The unsuccessful resistant attempts included active military resistance and resistance through religious movements. Algeria's almost 50-year resistance to French rule was one exa outstanding example of active resistance. The resistance movement led by Samori Taure in West Africa against the French is another example. After modernizing his army, 
Daudet fought the French for 16 years. Africans in East German Africa and German East Africa put their faith in a spiritual defense. African villagers resisted the Germans' insistence that they plant cotton, a cash crop for export, rather than attend to their own food crops. In 1905, the belief suddenly arose that a magic water sprinkled on their bodies would turn the German bullets into water. The uprising became known as the Majimaji Rebellion. Over 20 different ethnic groups used uh, United to fight for their freedom. The fighters believed that their war had been ordained by God and that their ancestors would return to life and assist their struggle. However, when resistance fighters armed with spears and protected by the magic water attacked the German machine gun post, they were mowed down by thousands. By the thousands. Officially, Germany recorded 75,000 resistors dead, but more than twice that number perished in the famine that followed. The Germans were shaken by the rebellion and its outcome. As a result, they made some government reforms in an effort to make colonialism more acceptable to the Africans. Ethiopia, a successful resistance. Ethiopia was the only African nation that successfully resisted the Europeans. Its victory was due to one man, Menelik II. He became emperor of Ethiopia in 1889. He successfully played Italians, French, and British against each other, all of whom were striving to bring Ethiopia into their sphere of influence. In the meantime, he built up a large arsenal of modern weapons purchased from France and Russia. In 1889, shortly after Menelik had signed a treaty with Italy, he discovered differences between the wording in the treaty in the Ethiopian language and in Italian. Menelik believed, Menelik believed he was giving up a tiny portion of Ethiopia. However, the Italians claimed all of Ethiopia as a protectorate. Meanwhile, Italian forces were advancing into northern Ethiopia. Menelik declared war. In 1896, in one of the greatest battles in the history of Africa, the Battle of Adowa, Ethiopian forces successfully defeated the Italians and kept their nation independent. After the battle, Menelik continued to stockpile rifles and other modern weapons in case of another foreign power, in case another foreign power challenged Ethiopia's liberty. The Legacy of Colonial Rule European colonial rule forever altered Africans' lives. In some cases, the Europeans brought benefits, but for the most part, the effects were negative. Negative effects. On the negative side, Africans lost control of their land and their independence. Many died of new diseases such as smallpox. They also lost thousands of people in resisting the Europeans. Famine resulted from the change to crash crops in place of subsistence agriculture. Africans also suffered from a breakdown of their traditional cultures. Traditional authority figures were replaced. Homes and property were transferred with little regard to their importance to the people. Men were forced to leave villages to find ways to support themselves and their families. Contempt for the traditional culture and admiration of European life undermined stable societies and caused identity problems for Africans. The most harmful political legacy from the colonial period was the division of the African continent. Long-term rival chiefdoms were sometimes united, while at other times, kinship groups were split between colonies. The artificial boundaries combined or unnaturally divided groups, creating problems that plagued African colonies during the European occupation. These boundaries continued to create problems for the nations that evolved from the former colonies. Positive effects. On the positive side, colonialism reduced local warfare. 
humanitarian efforts in some colonies improved sanitation and provided hospitals and schools. As a result, lifespan increased and literacy rates improved. Also positive was the economic expansion. African products came to be valued on the international market. To aid the economic growth, railroads, dams, and telephones and telegraph lines were built in African colonies. But for the most part, these benefited only European business interests, not African lives. The pattern of behavior of imperialist powers were similar, no matter where their colonies were located. Dealing with these local traditions and people continued to cause problems in other parts of the world dominated by Europeans. Resistance to the European imperialists also continued, as you will see in Section 3.